Lechem from the Yiddish Book Center. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm in the studio with two of our fellows, Allison Posner and Jessica Parker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You've been here all of, what, a month now, and it feels to those of us who are on staff who are here before you that you've been here for forever. Um, I wondered if you can tell us a little bit about what you're doing, Jessica. So I'm lucky enough to be working on two projects. Um, mostly I'm working on the Wexler Oral History Project with Kristen Whitney, and um, I'm starting to learn more and more aspects of the pro project from helping in the studio to set up the tech stuff for the interviews, um, as well as to do post-production. Uh, I'm also doing administration for the project, um, helping facilitate people who want to come in and tell their stories to come in and do so. And uh, soon I'll also be working on alumni engagement. And Allison? So I am the TA for the Beginner's Yiddish class, which is taught by Asya Weissman. And that means I have two sections a week where I go for grammar and conversation. And I have students not only from Hampshire College, but from the five colleges. And uh, so far, I really enjoy working with them. Um, the other things I do here are I am working with Sebastian Schulman on the translation projects. And I'm also working on developing high school tours of the book center. So you're not just sitting around. No, <laughs> no, no. I have lots to do. <laughs> it sounds like you're both busy and you're both giving tours. I've seen you out and about with all of our groups, uh, welcoming guests and giving them tours. So you were both Steiner grads. Can you each tell me how you came to, to be interested in Yiddish, what what the program was like for you, and then why you decided to further your immersion in uh, Yiddish language and culture? Sure. So um, I applied to the Steiner Summer Program when I was a graduate student at Indiana University in Bloomington. Um, I'd already been there a year, and I was studying comparative literature and Yiddish. And Asya Weissman and Sebastian Schulman happened to be at Indiana with me, and they said, you should apply for this program. And I, since I love doing summer programs, I was in Vilna and Warsaw in previous summers, I thought, why not go to Amherst? Um, I came, and I have to say it was my favorite summer program by far. And what surprised you about the program, or what did you take away from it? Um, I was amazed at how motivated everyone was. Everyone came to the book center for very different reasons and with different levels of Yiddish, but they were all very committed to learning the language um, and were very interested in, in the history um, and what they were going to do with Yiddish. We had people who were into Yiddish and Jewish studies from socialist and communist perspectives, people from orthodox backgrounds, and I just found that so fascinating. You were doing some work. I think I had just started when you were in the class, and I know you did a translation that was really phenomenal. Uh, I oh, was quite you. impressed. <laughs> had you studied Yiddish before you arrived? or? Oh, yes. I had studied um, at Columbia for a year before I went to graduate school because I knew that my Yiddish wasn't good enough and that I needed to study very, very diligently. Um, so I studied at Columbia, and I studied in a couple summer programs before I came to the book center. And is it the language that engages you, the culture, the literature? It's, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Um, certainly the language. I love learning new languages, and Yiddish particularly has interesting challenges. And, and just I'm, I'm fascinated by the, the different components, the Hebrew-Aramaic component, the Slavic component. Um, and, um, but also the, the culture. I'm very interested in the, the ultra-Orthodox. Um, I'm, I'm interested in Yiddish as a living language, and... And so I want to learn how it's spoken today. And Jessica? 
So I, too, came for this Dinosaur Summer program as a graduate student in between my first and second year of my MA program. I was doing a master's in cultural studies at Queen's University in Canada. And um, what was wonderful about my program was it was very self-directed, and I was doing museum studies and Jewish studies as foci. And actually, uh, I took a Hebrew class with my supervisor, and he said to me, great, you know enough Hebrew, go learn Yiddish. Um, and uh, surprisingly enough, he saw it as a professional skill set to have as many Jewish languages if you wanted to work within Jewish culture and heritage. So I applied for the program. Uh, fortunately, I got in. I rec remember receiving that email and being like, Mom, Dad, I got into this program. Um, and I really came as a complete beginner. I could write and read Hebrew, and so I learned how to read Yiddish very quickly. But um, it was just amazing how much we managed to learn in the course of six or seven weeks. And uh, it's really given me an entree into this aspect of Jewish history and Jewish culture that I hadn't been privy to before. And uh, it's, it's very exciting. And is it interesting for you to sort of um, find your way into this flip side, um, as it were, cultural aspects of this? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, there's music, there's theater, there's a community, um, there's politics, there's politics between Hebrew and Yiddish, um, you know, stuff around Zionism, about the Bund, just aspects of my own history that I hadn't known. And um, if you're affiliated with Yiddish, it seems like you're part of this small, special group of people, which I would like to see made larger. And also being from Toronto, there is still a large group of survivors or older people from Eastern Europe who you could go to numerous apartment buildings and just hearing them speak to each other. And I worked um, in a senior care facility where um, most of the clientele was Jewish. And I, I want Yiddish as a language, mostly for those moments, you know, where I can still learn about the past and about people through the language through speaking with them. I imagine they must love to have a young voice come in and speak to them in Yiddish. Yeah, people get pretty excited when you have a relationship to Yiddish as a younger person. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the fellowship. So you came to the center, you went through the program, you went back to your various campuses, and then decided to do the fellowship? Uh, I was about to finish my master's at Indiana, and I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to continue on with a PhD. I knew that I didn't want to go straight into my PhD coursework um, and thinking about what would be on my exam list. So I thought, what would a better place, you know, where would I better go than the Yiddish Book Center? Um, because I so loved my time here during the summer, and I made some great connections with people. I love the area of Western Mass. Um, and I thought, you know, you never know, I might come up with a dissertation topic, uh, you know, looking through the stacks of books. For me, I was ready and happy to get out of academia for a little while, and I was looking for a place that celebrated culture and heritage, and I was specifically looking for a Jewish institution. And the fact that there's this one-year paid fellowship where you get to work, you get to contribute, but you also get to explore, and that act of learning is a big part of it, I mean, I think that's unrivaled. Um, it's really hard to find. And I just love the direction that the Book Center has been heading in the last few years, um, more so making Jewish culture, Jewish history accessible in a new way to connect to Jewishness for people who don't find themselves reflected in, let's say, Zionism or religiosity or more traditional mainstream forms of Jewish practice. So um, I want to be part of connecting people and that programming in whatever way I can be.
it's interesting to me the fellowship is a great opportunity to give you professional skill sets. So you found your way to Yiddish, and now, you know, what's next? There's a, so I don't imagine many people say to you, Yiddish. That's <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's going to find you a profession in life. But I'm interested to see that, you know, you can parlay this experience into something. And how do you imagine that for yourselves? Or are you not at that point yet? Certainly, if I become an academic and a professor, Yiddish is, is something that people are more and more becoming interested in. Um, it's one of the reasons that I was really excited to come here when I, and I found out that I was going to be the TA for the Yiddish course, because I think amongst Jessica and, and our generation, there is a lot of interest in Yiddish language and Yiddish culture. And there are, there are some programs, but they're not enough. Um, I think maybe you can study Yiddish in you know, a handful of universities in the United States and other places in the world. But it's you know, the fact that the Yiddish Book Center is now having university courses is really important. Uh, and so you know, it, Yiddish can be useful professionally. But, but more for me, it's, 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 it's a personal reason that I want to learn Yiddish. It is a way to connect. Um, to a culture and to a history and to a past that I, that I wouldn't necessarily have the same kind of access to if I were just learning, you know, participating in in American Jewish culture. This is this is definitely a niche, um, but it, it opens up onto another world. So I can see myself working in various Jewish organizations and hopefully, you know, developing more of an interest in Yiddish. I think it's you know it's a path that we have to blaze ourselves, but we're we're getting there. Why do you think your generation is finding their way to Yiddish? Well, I mean, I have my own opinion, and I think it's shared by some other people. So it's our grandparents' generation that, um, that you know, had they been in Eastern Europe, they would have survived the Holocaust or, or not survived. Uh, my grandparents uh, were, had, were born in, in the States and had been there for generations. Um, but I think, you know, that generation obviously was was traumatized and didn't want to talk about it or if they did talk about it it was maybe not in a very constructive way and I think that the children of that generation meaning our parents had a very strange relationship to the Holocaust and to the, the, the past and it wasn't an area that many people wanted to explore it was too raw basically and now we're a couple generations removed from um, from that trauma and I think it's it's a safer time to explore it. We're, we're a couple generations removed. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's why now there is this, this interest now, you know, in not just learning about the tragedy, but learning about what life was like before. And Jessica, do you echo that or? Yeah, I, I do echo that, although I haven't seen that in my own family because we were already elsewhere prior to the Holocaust. I mean, my dad's side in South Africa and my mom's side um, in Canada, I almost said here. Um, but I, I think there's a couple other things. I think there's been a general migration away from religiosity, although there has been a swing back to some extent. And so when you assimilate to a certain extent, you're not of the mainstream, but yet you're functioning somewhat like it. But is that nourishing to you? You know, if you know you're Jewish, but you're not doing anything to connect to it. And I think not just within Judaism or Jewishness, but I think for other people from other backgrounds, I think there's been an attempt to reconnect to ethnic origins in a sort of civilization heritage kind of way, um, but not necessarily a religious kind of way. Uh, I think Yiddish also has a political kind of niche. Um, people who want to be outside of the Jewish mainstream or not within the Zionist mainstream 
look to Yiddish. I think there are a lot of queer people in Yiddish who feel it's a safe place for them. Um, and I find it interesting that you can have queer people with klezmer groups on the one hand and the ultra-Orthodox speaking Yiddish on the other. So it's an interesting catch-all. Um, and, and in terms of professional skills from the book center, it's not just the ability to read, write, and speak Yiddish. Where I mean, you do see postings for internships. We need help. An archive needs help reading letters or diaries or things like that. And if you can bring that to an institution, you're golden, hopefully. I mean, whether they pay or not is another story, but good experience nonetheless. But I'm also being trained as an oral historian. I've done oral history in the past. I'm hoping I would get to do more in the future. And so I think that's an important skill. I'm learning how to operate cameras. I'm learning, you know, Final Cut Pro and things like that, that I find as um, organizations downsize and they want you to bring more and more skills to one position. These will really be helpful. Um, yeah, it's just a dynamic place where we're allowed to try and learn so many different things that we just can become better, more diversified staff in the future, hopefully. Have you started doing recordings for the oral history, or are you still training? Um, I have helped out setting up for recordings, um, and part of the training is to do practice interviews. So I have both done an interview and been interviewed, and um, we will be getting feedback on that to improve our skills so that before any narrator comes into the book center who is not part of this training program, we are ready to give them the full, proper treatment they deserve. And I imagine those interviews, they're, what, an hour and a half? Yeah, 60 to 90 minutes. They're quite long. It's it's a really incredible space once you're in it. You don't realize how long it's been or how much has been said. And you do background information. You, you gather information so that you have a sense of who this person is and what they bring to, to Exactly. You. We ask uh, the narrators to fill out a pre-interview questionnaire so we can have a sense of their life story. And, um, you know, if they mention they went to Brandeis University in the 1960s, we might look into what does that mean to have gone to Brandeis in the 1960s so that we have a sense of context so we can ask more nuanced questions and get more rich information from them. And they're also welcome to bring in a few artifacts if they have something that will enrich the telling of their story. I guess it's going to be an interesting year for you um, to hear all of these stories. And Allison, you are, as you say, in the classroom, among the many other things that you both do, um, of the new for us, a new program, which is the Yiddish Institute, and that must be exciting. I see the students coming out, and they're um, sort of walking on cloud nine, truly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for most of them, it's it's really exciting for them to be learning Yiddish. I would say the majority of the class are Jewish, and they're coming from Hebrew day school backgrounds, a lot of them at least. So there is um, some sort of funny negotiations that, that go on between Yiddish and Hebrew in the classroom. What, what Jess was talking about, there's the, the political struggle sometimes between the two languages. Around the time of Rosh Hashanah, we were reading through Yiddish greeting cards and I, you know, we were practicing saying some of the things out loud and they were asking, well, why is it Lashana Toiva and not Shana Tova? And so I explained, well, you know, in Yiddish, there's the, the stress is on the, falls on the first syllable, there are some vowel changes, and they just found that so interesting. Um, and then they could figure out, like, oh, so that's why Torah is pronounced Toira, and Haggadah is Hagoda, and they, and they started to understand the changes between the languages. And so for me, that was just so fulfilling that they, they found that fascinating, because that's the kind of thing I find fascinating, too. <laughs> so it seems as though you are both at a point now, one month into this fellowship, that you don't feel as though you're strangers or you're the new kids on the block. You're very much a part of the scene here. Yeah, and it's 
I mean, I even felt that on the first day here, maybe because I was part of the summer program a couple years ago, but also because it's, it's what Jess was talking about. There, the Yiddish world is so small and, um, and Hamish, and it's, it's, a funny, it's a funny place to, to, to move around in because wherever you go, whatever Yiddish organization you're involved with, you're inevitably going to know a lot of people there. And you're both, you're, everyone hopefully is working towards some similar goal. Now, I don't want to say what that goal is, but it's some kind of, <laughs> I'll get in trouble, I'm sure, with a lot of different Yiddishists. But, um, you know, it's some kind of preservation and of, of the language. Um, and perpetuation, and you can go to any Yiddish organization and find those same goals. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, you mentioned going to Indiana with Asya uh, and Sebastian, and sure enough, they found themselves working here at the Book Center, too, Asya. Asya is a director of the Yiddish Institute. Right, yes, and Sebastian is in charge of education, but, I mean, there's definitely overlap between the two, and Sebastian's working on translation projects with Allison. So, um, I mean, it's wonderful to see how people move through the Yiddish world and that you find each other often in the same spaces. You know, you expect it or you don't, and you're surprised, which is wonderful. But I also have found the staff so warm and welcoming and I mean, it's a lot of changeover for them to every year have a new batch of people to train, and uh, I felt comfortable and made it home right away. So I, I just want to say thank you to all the staff for being there and being so supportive. And as part of the staff, I say thank you to all of you for bringing a new enthusiasm and dedication. I mean, it's just it's amazing to have the opportunity to work with you and to take away from your sense of enthusiasm. So I'm hoping that we can check in with you over the course of the next 11 months um, and see what's happening. Okay. Um, I know you both now um, are looking at your watches because you have more stuff to do this afternoon. (laughs) Thank you again, Jessica and Allison, and from all of us. um, And I hope that we'll see you back in the studio soon. Great. Okay, thank you. To learn more about the Yiddish Book Center's fellowship program, please visit YiddishBookCenter.org. The application deadline is January 4, 2013. You'll also find information about the Yiddish Book Center's Steiner Summer Yiddish Program for college students. Applications for the Summer Yiddish Program are due February 10, 2013. You've been listening to a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit YiddishBookCenter.org slash audio or look for our podcasts on iTunes. Our producer is Agnieszka Ilvitska. I'm Lisa Newman. Thank you for listening. Be strong, be well, and tune in again soon.